Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. Dave Stückelschweiger will continue to take us through the Gospel of John today, where we have reached chapter 13 by now. In today's passage, we'll learn more about Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. What did Jesus want to teach the disciples that way, and what does this act reveal about him? What are the ways that God expects us to figuratively be washing feet of others? Well, join us now in this sermon titled, Washing Feet Like Jesus Did. Good morning. My name is David. I'm one of the members here. Um, and so, if you haven't been to Grace Church before, maybe you missed the last few weeks. Right now, we're going through a sermon series through the Gospel of John. Um, and to catch you up a little bit, the Gospel of John was written as an account of who Jesus is. When we look at most of the other Gospels, it talk, they talk very much about what he did. But when we look at the Gospel of John, it is more about who he is. And we read in John chapter 20, verse 31, we read, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the Gospel of John, the, the, the chapters were written for two things. They were written that we may believe and that we may have life. So these two things that we believe and that we have life um, through Jesus Christ, that's what it focuses on. And so the first thing that we believe um, it is connected to something. So believing as the Bible usually depicts it or as the Bible describes it means to trust something. It means to, to build our whole foundation, to build our whole life on this one fact. And, and the Gospel of John says it, it was written that we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. So it's not just that we believe anything or something. It is about something specific, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so Messiah means the anointed one. So it is about Jesus the anointed king, and he's not just the anointed king, but he's also the son of God, which means he's God himself. And then it continues that by believing, we may have life in his name. So if we believe that, if we trust that, we should, we can have life in his name. And so life in, in Jesus' name doesn't just mean that we have the perfect life. It means that through Jesus Christ, we receive the life as it was always supposed to be. And so I think sometimes that's some, one thing that we as Christians forget. Because for us, sometimes when we talk about it, um, we mean that uh, being a Christian means so much of what we don't do, right? So I'm a Christian, I don't do that. Um, because I'm a Christian, I, uh, I don't live like that. I don't say that. I'm in church, I don't do that. But actually when we read the Bible, when we read here, it says much more of, of what we what we what changes in us and and it's that we have life um to the fullest like john 10 10 says the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy but i have come that they may have life and have it to the full so in jesus christ um we can have and we should have life as it was as it was always planned that's just to catch you up for the last few weeks Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if you have been to the army. I have been to the army, and one thing in the army is 
um, on, on days like today when it's really um, not so nice outside and there's a storm and you, maybe there's some rain or it snows, you go outside into the forest, into the woods and, and you get all dirty and your boots are dirty and then you come back in, there's always something that I've never seen anywhere else is when you come back into the barracks and you want to enter into your house where you live, right? They have a shoe washing room. Has anybody seen shoe washing room? Has anybody seen that? Am I the only one? Okay. So to tell you a little bit about shoe washing room, it's usually a separate room in the cellar where you go. Um, and depending on on the, the the comfort level, so in in if it's like a, a one star hotel or two star hotel, because usually they don't have any more stars in the army, um, you you get this kind of shoe washing room, um, and so they're really fancy ones where you just put your foot foot in and and your shoe in, and then they have little water chats that clean your boots, and and that's basically it. And there's the not so fancy ones. Um, which is basically just a water hose and you have a brush and you can do all the work yourself. Um, and you go down on your knees and you clean your boots and unless your boots are clean, you're not allowed to go inside. And so um, it's really nice if, if somebody else or the machine does it for you because that's kind of hard work. Or I don't know, maybe for, for some ladies here, usually women do that, some men also do that. You like to go to the pedicure, right? So you go somewhere, they make your feet, uh, they clean them, make them look nice, all that. And it's not something that you cannot do at home. You can do that yourself, but it's just nicer if somebody else does it for you, right? And so this was kind of the situation where we're at today because um, we look at John chapter 13 where Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Just to give you a little bit of an overview, in the Gospel of John, it starts with the incarnation, which means that Jesus Christ came to earth. He became a full human, a full person like you and I. And then the next few chapters talk about the introduction of who Jesus is. Um, and then the next chapters are about the resistance. Um, so... Um, how the different groups, the Pharisees and some others, how they resisted Jesus' uh, teaching. And then, this is where we're at today. It starts with the preparation of the disciples. Um, so for the next few chapters, um, those are the last words that Jesus told his disciples the few days before he was crucified. And then it is followed by his rejection, crucifixion, and then eventually burial and resurrection. So this is where we're at today. It's the, prepare, the, the preparation of the disciples right before the crucifixion. And I would like to read from John chapter 13. If you have your Bible, you can read along. Or if you don't have your Bible, if you didn't bring it, um, it should be on the screen right behind me. It's John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his, one, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, 
and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash your feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He, he asked him, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I'll tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. <clears throat> so where are we at? It was before the Passover festival or during the, the time of celebration. And Jesus knew that it was almost time for him to leave. And we read that Satan had already influenced Judas to betray Jesus. And, and Jesus knew that his father had given him everything. So this is kind of the setting um, where we start. And then Jesus does something very unusual. He just takes off his nice clothes pours water into a basin, gets a towel, and starts cleaning his disciples' feet. Now, why is that unusual? Um, see, in, in Middle Eastern countries at the time, people were wearing sandals. And when they got home, the feet were dirty. And so, it's like if we imagine Vienna, um, the city of Vienna, without the Emma 48, nobody's cleaning the streets, nobody's... Um, improving anything and, and, and imagine Vienna would be next to a desert so you have a lot of um, sand and there's no sewer, no Dixie Klo, nothing like that, just all accumulates on the street and that's where people walked. And so it was common if you walked into a house you would clean your feet and, and if it was a better off household then usually they would have house servants or, or slaves who would do that and um, or at least somebody um, and here we see the Lord Jesus, who is the host of the house, who is the host of the Passover meal that they are going to have. And he himself becomes the servant and washes his disciples' feet. Now that is very unusual, um, especially also that we read about that in the Gospel of John. See, you would expect something like that more in, in, in let's say, in Mark, where, where Jesus is depicted as a servant. But we see it in the Gospel of John, where it's all about Jesus being the Son of God. And so it's very unusual, but um, it, it shows one thing clearly, that Jesus 
the Lord, the Son of God, the Messiah, the, the, the anointed king, he himself became a servant in that situation and served his disciples. Jesus, it kind of reminds us of John chapter 1, the beginning where we read that, that Jesus willing, willingly gave up his glory and came as a servant to serve us. That must have been a very unusual situation for everyone. Um, usually, I guess, you, or usually you would do that when you walk into a house or before you sit down for for dinner, not after already everyone is sitting down. And we we also see that it kind of seems like somebody didn't do their job, so um, nobody was there, no servant, and, and otherwise um, you would expect that this disciples would do something like that that they would have like a rotation where every day somebody else would do this job because they were jesus's students he was their teacher so you would expect them to clean everyone's feet to clean his feet and it's also interesting because that was actually the time when the disciples argued who would be um in the highest, who should be in the highest position in heaven. Um, we read about that in, in Luke uh, chapter 22, when, when they argued at the Passover meal and they asked Jesus who could sit next to him in heaven. So that was the same day that Jesus got down on his knees and started washing their feet. I know something interesting happens um, in all of this. It, it's like you can almost, I mean, when I, when I think about it, it's almost like you feel this awkward silence, right? So um, it's not just Jesus washing the feet of, of one person like we sometimes do that. Like, you know, like maybe you've seen a sermon or, or saw um, a, a movie about Jesus and he, he washes one person's feet. And, and it's kind of weird, but we can, we, 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 like we, we can somehow but imagine him washing the feet of 12 people right so like if you calculate the numbers it takes about a minute to do that to try it and so it's like 10 minutes maybe 15 minutes jesus is just washing their feet nobody knows what to say nobody um is really sure what is happening there everyone's watching jesus and maybe some giggle inside because you're nervous you don't know really what to do um and it was before you had a mask so you couldn't show it um and so Jesus then gets to Simon Peter. And Peter is a kind of guy who just says whatever he feels, right? So all the others, they were um, maybe, I don't know, thinking privately. But Peter is, is different. He just, just blasts out whatever comes to his mind. And so we read in, in verse 6, Jesus, so he, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. So I guess he was the one that kind of wanted to feel humble and say, Lord, that's, that's not right. You, you, you can't do that, right? You're, you're my teacher. Maybe he didn't fully understand who Jesus was yet, but it somehow doesn't feel right. So he said, you shall never wash my feet. Interesting thing here, never, not just that you should not do that, like never here means never in all ages. It means never in all of eternity. It's not just a regular, regular you shouldn't do that. It's like a, 
It, in, in no universe, in no time ever should that happen. This is what he literally is saying. Um, and so Jesus just replies um, what we read here in verse uh, verse 8. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Notice the switch here when, when we look at verse 8. Jesus says, unless I wash you. See, Jesus is switching the topic from, from, from rinsing off the feet to washing. It's, it's a different word in Greek and, and it's, it has a completely different meaning. Um, Jesus kind of switched the topic here within the conversation to something else, but Peter just couldn't follow. I mean... Obviously, they didn't know the full story yet. They, they couldn't read about and, and, and didn't know that Jesus would, uh, would die, that he would pay for their sins. Um, they didn't celebrate the Lord's Supper yet, where Jesus talks about his blood being poured out for them. Um, and that's why Jesus told him later, like one day later, you will understand. And interestingly, within a second, Peter completely changes his view like he's the guy that first said never never in all of eternity never ever should you wash my feet and then second later um once one answer later he's the guy that said um then lord not just my feet in verse nine then lord not just my feet but my hands and my head as well he's like saying everything you know if that washing the feet is something good i want all of it i want more of it if that's good i want it all um and so Peter is still thinking in physical terms. He's still thinking in this water. It somehow, I don't know, maybe gives you something. It helps you, cleans you, heals you. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, but his idea was that Jesus would somehow take, or would physically take this, this, this dirty water. I mean, obviously, he has washed a few people's feet. So he would take this dirty water and then wash his hands and then wash his head, which is a very unusual thing. Um, because he's still focused on this physical outward cleaning. And Jesus again explains in terms that they don't understand yet. Um, um, so if, a few days later, um, after he has resurrected, maybe they understood, uh, probably not just probably, but they definitely understood it much better. Um, and that's why Jesus also told them, you know, one day you will understand. And so here in verse 10 and 11, Jesus answers that, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body, body is clean. And you, that's plural, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew that who was going to, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Now we can see clearly it's not anymore about the physical cleaning of the feet that you would do before the house, but it's about something Differently, It's about a spiritual cleaning. It's about the spiritual reality um, that Jesus not only came to wash off the dirt of the feet, but he came actually to take away all the dirt in their whole life, all the um, dirt that they have in their whole life. Jesus answered them, and that's what he said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. That's why it was also so important that Jesus washed their feet because he says later here, um, it's not that you can clean off your feet yourself um, like you physically can after you 
uh, come in from the from outside. But he says here, spiritually, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And so it says that the, Jesus shows them the reality that there is only one thing that can save them. And there's only one person that can save them. And that is Jesus Christ and him washing us. And the washing us here um, that he talks about is not the kind of washing with a, with a shram. What's a shram? A sponge, right? It's not the kind of washing with a sponge where you just wash off or you wash your hands in, 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 um, when you come home. But it's a different kind of washing. It's a, here a bathing, which is kind of this um, submersion. It, you, you, you completely go into It's kind of like what we um, say or what we would use when, when it's about a bathtub. So it's a whole different kind of cleaning than uh, the cleaning of the feet. And so this unusual event continues. Verses 12 to um, 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes returned to his, and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked him, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is who I am. Now what? Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So during this evening, the disciples were arguing who is the greatest among them. Um, we, we see that John and, and James, the two brothers, they wanted to um, have the best seats next to Jesus. And the others got angry and, uh, and they were debating whether it's right or not right to, to, to talk about something like that or to request something like that. But so it's very contrary um, what, what Jesus did. Jesus served them. Um, he did the work that usually the, the lowest class people do, the, the work that nobody likes to do. Even if, if they're high class people, it's kind of work that, that nobody likes to do. It's, it's, it's dirty work. It's hard work. Um, and so Jesus does the very opposite of what comes naturally to us. And he called his disciples, and, and in some way us, to follow him and to follow his example. Notice he says in verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Here in verse 13 is actually the first time in the Gospel of John that um, he uses the word Lord. Um, the Lord, the word Lord is, is something that we have multiple times throughout the New Testament. But in the Gospel of John, that was the first time after 13 chapters, the first time that he uses Lord. And interestingly, he says, you know, that the, when he gives himself the highest title, the Lord, the one that rules, the one that has power, the one that has authority. And he says, rightly, you call me the one that has power and authority and the one that is important. But I still came and, and I cleaned your feet. And so he says, follow, in, in that way, follow my example. Um, like in verse 14, he says, um, 
as I have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. So it's not just an example of what Jesus did to, to, to make a point, to bring something across, but it is actually something that we should follow. It is, like he says here, um, you will bless if you do that. Verse 17, now that you know these things, you will, bless, will be blessed if you do them. So it's not just something as an example, it's something that we're called to do. So if your boots are nice, uh, if your boots are dirty and, and, and you come home from, from a long hike, it's nice if somebody else cleans them or if you, if you want to get the pedicure that you so hoped for and, and you can start uh, going there again next week because now lockdown is over if you get tested. Um, and it's nice to do it, right? It's nice to have somebody else that does that for you and, and that's totally fine. Um, but when was the last time that actually you did something that was that was hard, um, something that was not so nice, something that maybe cost you some time, something that w- or some some situation where you would rather do anything else but that. It doesn't even have to be so bad. Just some situation where you know you should do something or could do something, um, but it's it's just hard, or it takes time, or it takes it takes money and energy, and and it's it's not comfortable to do that. See, um, Jesus tells us that we will be blessed if we do that. But also there is another deeper spiritual reality to this washing going on here. And so that's the thing that Peter had a hard time to understand. And it's in verse 10 when Jesus says, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet, their whole body is clean. And you are clean. He's talking about plural. You all are clean except for one. He's talking about a kind of spiritual cleaning that is different from washing the feet. It's a kind of cleaning that cannot be achieved with a water basin and a towel. The, the kind of cleaning that even we as, as, as friends and, and other people, as helpers, or as neighbors cannot do. See, it's during this Passover meal that all of all of this happened and, and Jesus says um, you are clean see the cross is the thing that can clean you and I the cross is the thing that can clean us from the inside out the thing that cleans us completely um, where we are clean not just uh, where we get clean and it's something like we read something that Jesus does for us not something that we can achieve um, but like Jesus says unless I wash you you have no part with me it's something that Jesus does for us and so what about this reality that Jesus talks about that that you still or that all of us um, even as, as Christians he says um, we have had a bath but we only need to wash our feet, but our whole body is clean. So what about this reality um, that Jesus talks about, that we, our whole body can be clean, but still somehow he says our feet can be dirty and need to be washed. See, just like the Greek shows us that it's a different word, there's the one which is the bath that completely cleans a person, and the other one is the cleaning, the, the washing off and, and the 
uh, of the dirt that, that accumulated during the day. I believe it's also something that we as a Christians experience um, in our daily walk, that during the day that the outside dirt kind of accumulates along the way as we, as, as we walk. And so also for us as Christians, it can be um, that, that some dirt or sometimes a lot of dirt accumulates in our lives. And it's something that Jesus also wants to clean us from. It's not just this one time where we are freed, we get a new reality, we become sons and daughters of, uh, of, of the living God. But it is also this, this kind of continuous cleaning that Jesus wants to do where he cleans our daily walk, where he cleans our daily lives and, 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 and where he purifies us um, and, and so that our daily walk um, reflects him more and more. And I think that's also the hard part of this passage um, that we as Christians and just like the disciples, we, we, as, uh, we as Christians are not just called to bring our own life and, and our own challenges and the dirt that we accumulate along the way, that we bring that to Jesus um, for him to, um, to, to, to clean that off. But it's also that we're called to be there for each other. Um, just like we sometimes don't see the dirt that we have on our feet, um, Jesus, uh, uh, just like that, we are called to do and be that for others, um, to help them get rid of the outside dirt that accumulates along the way that we walk as Christians. And so I think that this passage is a very common one, probably most of us, if we grew up in church, if we come to church regularly, We've heard about this passage. Um, and it's so easy for us, if, we, if we're in church, that when we hear a familiar passage and we go home and we forget uh, what we just learned. Because it's not something unique. Maybe you've, you've heard um, the same passage preached a few times. Um, you maybe hear about it um, the time before Easter because it fits. And so it's so easy for us to um, just go home and, and, and live what, like we used to. And so today I just want to um, encourage you to think about times um, where you can follow Jesus' example. Maybe next week, maybe even today, um, where you know about something where you can help and be there for other people, even if it's hard, even if it's costly, or um, if it's something you would rather not to. And then think about just the outside dirt that we accumulate along the way because it's not something that we have to carry with us as Christian is something that we can also um, bring to the cross, cross and, and, and Jesus wants to clean us from it and, and also we are called to be a help for others um, along their way I want to pray Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage of encouragement and, and correction. Lord, I pray that it, would, um, that it would change our lives and our character, Lord. It's so easy to just go home and forget what we read, and, and it's such a familiar passage. Lord, I pray that it would impact us and that it would um, encourage us to do the things that are uneasy or hard. Jesus Christ, we thank you that you came down from heaven, that you gave up your glory and you 
became a human being. And, and Lord, you're the one that, that we call Lord. You're the one that um, deserves the highest power and, and glory and adoration. And, and you're the one that started washing the feet of your disciples. Lord, I pray that um, that would be an encouragement also for us to um, be there for each other. Lord, and you also know about some of the dirt. You know all the dirt that we accumulate along the way. Even as Christians, Lord, we um, we still struggle with things and we still, um, yeah, we still sin, Lord. I pray that you would show us the areas that um, we would bring them to you, that we would be humble enough to um, bring you our failures and and that you would clean us and Lord also help us to be there for other people to be gracious with them and encourage them along their walk with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.